Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. That's what I love about the GameTime app. Obviously, the price discount, let's be honest here, uh, but I like the fact that it's just very, very simple, uh, easy to navigate, and right now, GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, and then under the billing section, redeem code The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word for $10 off your first purchase. It's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Best on the Board, week 16 of the National Football League Championship Week in Fantasy Football. I'm Chris Meany, joined by Michael Beller of The Athletic. What's going on, Beller? Nothing much, Meany. I'm feeling good. Uh, this is going to be our last one of the regular season, right? Our last Best on the Board. We'll obviously come back for Friday, uh, but we're going to take a week off in week 17. But then we'll be here for the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we, we still have plenty of Best on the Board left ahead of us in uh, this football season. Do you tend to stay away from the betting at this time of the year when teams are already checked out and are playing for things? You know, some players who are banged up through injuries, maybe they're not going to get the full workload, like T.Y. Hilton, for example. We'll get to the Colts in a little bit. Reading the this morning, Frank Reich says the pitch count is going to be higher on T.Y. Hilton, but honestly, like, do they need to go full T.Y. Hilton with the Colts, you know, not going to make the playoffs? Do you tend to stay away from bets this time, or do you do you see, like, matchups to exploit? Yeah, it's it's case-by-case basis. There are certain games that I would just stay away from because of situations like that, and there are certain games, and maybe uh, Colts-Panthers is going to end up being one of them, where uh, I see situations uh, to exploit. But, uh, no, we get so few of these weeks a season, meaning that uh, I'm not just going to throw one away because of uh, of you know the, the, the schedule vagaries that uh, are thrown at us at this point of the season. So, uh, no, I will still be uh, having my active portfolio this week, next, and certainly in the playoffs. <laughs> I could say with confidence that I'm not going to put any money down on the Dolphins and Bengals game this weekend. I will tell <laughs> I you say that. that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will get to that in a little bit if you're just joining us over the past couple weeks, maybe because the picks have been hot fire. Uh, Beller checks in with 5-2, and two, uh, myself 6-1. and one. I did get Seattle closer to kickoff with 6.5. You may have gotten burned by that, but on the show, Eric Young had joined us on Friday. It was 6, uh, when you, and you and I talked on Wednesday. It was 6 as well, so a little week um, 15 audit. So then it's, that's 5-1-1 one, and one, then, not 6-1. Six, not six You're right. Holding me accountable. It's nice that you're here. Uh, five, one, and one, and then for yourself, five and two. Um, here's where the games that you got right: Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans. The game that we said, don't overthink it. Jacksonville. We we're both on the side of that. Not only did they easily cover, they won the football game. And then Buffalo, and then the two Miami, and then the LA Rams. Man, the Rams. I expected that to be a lot closer game than Dallas. I mean, the Cowboys showed up for once. Yeah, I really thought. I mean, I thought the obviously I thought the Rams were going to win. That game was, you know, no matter where you got it, it was, you know, no more than like a one, one and a half point spread. Uh, I, I could not believe that they. I mean, if you'd have told me they were going to lose, I'd say, yeah, sure, I'm not going to be right all the time. But to just get blunt, just run out of the building, what an embarrassing effort from the Rams, and that basically ended their playoff hopes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So me five one and one. Uh, the Saints as well. The Vikings, the Jags. We're we're on the pay, same page there with those three teams. Had the Pats, KC, and then Cleveland. My goodness, I'm just down the road again. You got to stop, man. You got to yeah. stop picking oh, the Browns. Well, yeah, well, I'm definitely um, not going <laughs> to be on them this week. And then uh, and then the Seattle there with, with the push. So my apologies off the top of the show. Uh, and, and, again, if you're just new, you're just joining us, rate and review, subscribe, please. We will be around throughout the playoffs as well. We will have some um, – I guess we won't be doing too many – Friday shows. We're just going to have everything mm-hmm. into one where the games are just going to be uh, fewer fewer games with, with playoffs here. But uh, rate and review. Subscribe, please. Uh, if you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, 40% off. You can get uh, you can head on over to theathletic.com slash best on the board. We'll get you 40% off. Lots. Uh, Tis the season for podcasts. We'll say that. There's lots going on. Uh, you know, you're hosting and, and 
producing several. We, we talked a couple times about Miles Moore Madness, college basketball show. Uh, lots going on in the baseball world right now. Winter meetings just ending, but still some guys out there signing. Derek Van Riper, you know, Cyrus with rates and barrels. If you are if you just want to get the latest in the, in the baseball world, you wanted some starts and sits for Week 16 Championship Week, maybe some DFS in there as well, the throwback. Uh, with myself, Brad Ziegler, and Jake Seeley. So uh, lots to check out at The Athletic, plus all the amazing articles. Just, you have your subscription. It's not just going to be the fantasy side or the podcast. You're going to get absolutely everything. So take thanks for taking the time to join us today. Let's get into it, Beller. And no Thursday night football games anymore. We, we start with Saturday. we got three Saturday games. How do you feel about that? That's totally fine with me. Um, I, I love okay. the Saturday games. Obviously, we're not going to get it during college football part of the uh, the year, but I love having these Saturday games. Yeah, the Saturday games are great. So let's start with Houston and Tampa Bay. We have the Texans and the Buccaneers. It opened up as a pick'em, and right now Houston three-point favorites. The over/under at forty-nine and a half, twenty-six. The team implied total for Houston twenty-three for the Bucks. Chris Godwin did not practice today. Doesn't look like he's going to play. We already know Mike Evans is not around. Jameis Winston was throwing tennis balls again this morning. He threw tennis balls last week. So I mean, I don't think you need to take too much stock into that. He still had a pretty good fantasy day for you. Mm-hmm. This to me, is this is this just a? I don't know. It's on the road in Tampa. I think you need to check the weather. I wouldn't take too much stock into it. But last time I saw Beller was supposed to just rain all day in Tampa. That could mean some sloppy football. Uh, we know that Jameis has turned the ball over numerous times so far this season. I, I am going to lean with Houston, but does the line seem fishy at all to you? Um, I don't know if it seems. Fishy only because the Bucks are down. You know their two best players on offense with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin going to be missing this game. If if those guys were healthy, or if even one of them was healthy, I would be a little bit wary of a minus three line in Tampa because Tampa's played pretty well of late. Um, so I don't know if it's fishy, but it's a game I'm I'm pretty easily staying away from. Houston's pulled the rug out on us one too many times to trust them on the road against uh, a quality opponent. You know, Tampa has opened some eyes late in the season, and I think we could be talking about them as an intriguing 2020 playoff team. Uh, Jameis Winston uh, has probably played his way into uh, keeping his job there in Tampa and signing a new contract uh, down with the Buccaneers. But, uh, you know, it's just not a game I love either side on uh, because, yeah, I would love Tampa if they had Evans or Godwin. But playing without both of them, yeah, how much can they still make happen on offense without those two guys? We know they're not going to be running the ball very effectively. It's going to have to be the Brashad Perriman, Justin Watson, O.J. Howard, Cameron Braid show. And that's not necessarily a show that I want to tune into believing it's going to uh, entertain me a whole lot. So uh, it's an easy stay away for me. There are plenty of games. I actually like this slate uh, quite a bit. Um, So this is not one that I feel any real need to get in on. Okay, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that Jameis has played himself into a role. And Bruce Arians talked him up a couple weeks ago. He said, you know, it was... Yeah, a lot of people want to point out the the interceptions and the fumbles, but the offensive line hasn't been great. There's been some misassignments in terms of just pass blocking with Ronald Jones. We've seen him get benched a, a couple times over the past few weeks as well, and they've won four straight, and they're a 500 football team right now. So there's there's been some positive with Tampa Bay. I, I probably have these out, out of my seven as well this game, but I, I do lean Houston in I, – I, I mean, just a couple weeks ago – I know you're right, we've been fooled, but just a couple weeks ago this is a team that – I know New England hasn't looked good, but they beat the Pats, and they're mm-hmm. still. This is a must-win situation for them. So, I, in my pool, where they need to win by three, I'm going to pick them to win the football game by a field goal. And yeah, to your point, I mean, we like Rashad Perriman in fantasy. He's a nice little sneaky play. Maybe you're going to roll him out. He was wide receiver one last week, but um, and Houston has given up some big plays on defense. But I, I wouldn't. It's still going to be, I think, a tough game for Jameis with with Perriman as his number one option in the passing game. Uh, here we go, New England now, the Patriots. Yeah, here we go. Six and a half point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. Um, this one's actually easy for me. I'm picking Buffalo. And yeah, me too. With confidence. Yeah. Are you putting them in in your seven? I'm putting them in my seven. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I considered that. Uh, I don't have them there quite yet. When we check back in on Friday, they could be there. To me, this is Bills or nothing, though. I mean, um, I just don't see how the Patriots win this game or how you really back them confidently uh, to win this game by a touchdown. This feels like a game that should be played within a touchdown uh, for sure with the way that these two teams have been playing lately. Uh, Now you've got Julian Edelman. I know he's been on the injury report pretty much every week this season, but it sounds like things are a little bit more serious for him now than they have been at any other point 
of the year. This is just really an ugly situation for the Patriots. Obviously, uh, they win this game and they lock up the AFC East. And if they lose this game, then we're talking about the AFC East going down to Week 17. Uh, but I believe the Patriots would still have the tiebreaker. So yes. you got to feel pretty good if you're the Patriots. Like the Patriots are in a, a decent position to get that number two seed, right? They're, they're not going to catch the Ravens, uh, so they, they don't have any you know pie-in-the-sky dreams of getting home field advantage on the AFC side of the playoffs, but they should feel pretty good about the two seed. We'll see what ends up happening uh, you know, with the Chiefs over the next couple of weeks, but uh, I don't know. This is just one where I, it has to be bills or nothing because I, I don't see how you think either of these teams is going to beat the other one by more than a touchdown. Yeah, and that last game that they the first time they played earlier this season, it was earlier in the year. It was year. week four. Yeah, and it was in Buffalo. Uh, tough environment to play for sure. Uh, Tom Brady's had mm-hmm. some issues there, but he didn't look good in that game. I mean, he was eighteen for thirty nine, forty six completion rate, one hundred and fifty yards, three point eight yards per attempt. Um, they got after him. I mean, he threw a pick. He didn't have a touchdown there. They almost won the football game if they can move the ball offensively. And that's the one thing with Buffalo is how their defense is legit. We've been saying it all year. And But can they score enough points to win football games? Because we know New England's defense is really good too. But I think that this game will, will be pretty tight. And you're spot on with Julian Edelman. And his worst game of the season came against the Bills as well. So I just think this is too many points. I think Buffalo will be able to keep it close. And I don't know if they'll win the game. But I wouldn't be surprised, Beller, if they won the football game in New England. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, that That's probably a pick I'll make, too, just because of the differentiation it'll bring uh, to your pools. Uh, definitely like the Bills with the points. Might put them in the seven. And another thing to remember about that first game, no Devin Singletary for Buffalo. He was uh, injured. That was when he was sitting. He missed like four games in a row early in the season, and this was one of them. And so not only do we get Devin Singletary healthy and playing in this game, but we get a much different Devin Singletary than we saw early on in the year as well. So that's a big weapon that uh, Buffalo will have active that they did not have in the first game. And tied uh, for a career high last week with 21 carries on the ground. So, yeah, that's a good point by you. The final game on Saturday, the 49ers and the L.A. Rams. You mentioned the Rams' playoff hopes probably dead. The 49ers probably kicking themselves. I know, actually, they're kicking themselves. It probably means a game to start the playoffs on the road and then later on down the road, probably a game in Seattle or Lambeau compared to, you know, potential buy and playing in your own stadium. So that was a tough loss they had against the Atlanta Falcons last week. Um, right now favored by six and a half points against the Rams, the over under at 45 and a half. The last time they played the Rams, Beller, they had their way. They actually dominated that football game. You look at the box score and you, and you see the final score and, it really wasn't that close if you watch the game. The Rams could do nothing on offense. Are you confident that they'll be able to back, back bounce back and win by a touchdown? Yeah, this uh, is 49ers or nothing for me. Right now, not in my uh, top seven plays of the week, uh, but this has all the makings of a bounce-back spot for the 49ers. Again, another situation where we're just talking about the better team, plain and simple. This is the better team playing at home in a game that they really do need to win. I mean, you, you say that they're looking likely to be on the road uh, to end uh, to, or in their first playoff game, but Week 17, right? I mean, they play Seattle. That's the yeah. game right there. So, uh, you know, they got to win this game to make that Week 17 game matter. Uh, and, and so they know what's at stake in this one. I think they do win, and I think that they can control this Rams team that just hasn't been consistent enough, right? I mean, this is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, after the egg that they laid in Dallas, right, it's just it's just another check in what we've seen with them all season long where they just haven't been able to play consistent football against, you know, quality teams. And we neither of us thinks Dallas is great, but you know, Dallas certainly isn't a bad team. They're closer to good than they are to bad. Um, and, and we've seen the Rams just too often falter when they step up in weight class. This is a, obviously another you know step and a half or two steps up from what they saw last week on the road. Uh, I think that San Francisco is the only play you could have in this game. I think we see a big bounce back uh, from both the uh, passing and run games for the 49ers. In this one, I expect a heavy dose of Raheem Mostert, um, and I just think that the Rams offense is going to have a lot of trouble moving the ball with any consistency on San Francisco. So every single thing lines up for me to like the 49ers. Could eventually play the way into my seven. I'm just not going to put them there quite yet. Yeah, um, that game earlier in the year was week six, 20-7 final, and Jared Goff was 13 for 24 with 78 yards. Um, so yeah, he did not look good to say the least <laughs> in, in that football game. Let's go to Sunday, early action. We got the Falcons and the Jaguars. So here's just an example of a couple teams, not a lot to play for, but I guess there's been more positive signs with Atlanta. I mean, they just beat 
San Fran. They've, you know, out of the bye, actually, you know, since they made that, that coaching change. Well, not the coaching change, just in terms of Dan Quinn not calling the defensive plays anymore as a defensive guy. They've just looked a little bit better, you know, defensively and offensively, you know, that they have the weapons in, in Julio Jones who can who can light you up. And we saw that last week for sure. Seven points too much. Like it gets. This is an example of a game that I just don't want anything to do with. But if I had to choose it, at least Atlanta has shown me a little bit more recently. Jacksonville beat Oakland last week, and Oakland hasn't shown us anything. But the Jags have just been a mess defensively and really offensively for a few weeks now, man. Yeah, this is a game I, I want no part of. Uh, just uh, two teams that I don't feel comfortable predicting what they're exactly going to have on the field on uh, on Sunday, um, and two teams that um, just haven't been really anything to get excited about for, for the majority of the season. Seven feels like a lot of points. I, I mean, this Atlanta team, they've they've looked better since coming out of their bye, as you said, but this is still not a great team. Still just a team that comes into this game at five and nine, that the, uh, the hole has not been equal to the sum of the parts. I mean, you feel like the offense should have been better all season than it was. Now you've got no Calvin Ridley out there. That's an explosive element that is removed from the offense. DJ Chark sounds like he's going to be able to get back for the Jaguars. There's a lot of variables, a lot of moving parts in this game. And again, no team in this one, no, uh, no, uh, neither side in this game really makes you feel all that great about taking them. I, I would, I lean toward just taking the points and taking the seven and trusting the Jaguars to find a way to stay within a touchdown. But it's a real, you know, tepid feeling that I have when I think about that. So this is one I, I feel very easy to stay away from. Are these two of the most disappointing teams in the league this year? I mean, there were some high expectations, mm, I nah, think, for not both. Not Jacksonville. Really? I wouldn't put Jacksonville in that Going discussion. to get Foles? Nah, like, nah. they were I, – I mean, the division was I, – I don't think there was a clear favorite. I think Houston probably, if anyone – if you asked 100 people, I'd say maybe 90 actually say Houston. But anyone could have – there could have been numerous answers for number two. I mean, Jacksonville, I, I thought that they'd be much better than this. I guess Nick Foles hasn't played a whole lot, but um, I, I just thought maybe defensively, early on in the year too, like defensively they just weren't good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put I, – I'm not putting Jacksonville. I mean, to me, Philadelphia, Cleveland, Chicago. The, this guy's got oh, some, oh, some, some excuses. I mean, the Eagles have some excuses. With, Nick Foles with got injuries. hurt in the first quarter of the season, the literal first quarter of the Jaguars season, Nick Foles got hurt. Right. And Minshew played fine, but – you know, talk about a team that season took a, a wayward turn immediately. You know, Jacksonville's right there. I think all those teams yeah. are are more. And I, like, I, maybe this is just you know speaking for myself, but I didn't have, I didn't come into this season thinking that they were going to be this you know grand playoff contender either. Yeah, Atlanta I mean, I, could be in the discussion. I think Atlanta definitely deserves to be in the discussion as as one of the most disappointing teams. Maybe maybe not so much Jacksonville, but. Um... I thought they'd be a little bit. I thought they'd at least compete for the division. They've just been they they've been so bad over you know ever since I think two weeks before Jalen Ramsey was calling out the team and you're starting to hear some reports now and Ramsey tweeting I told you so, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, anyways, two disappointing teams. Maybe a stay away. The Saints and Titans, a lot to play for here for both teams. Saints, um, you know, they clinched weeks ago, but they still want to have home field throughout the playoffs. And they opened up at one-point favorite, actually, on the road in Tennessee. They're now three-point favorites. The Titans, a big loss last week. They they got back into the game late, uh, but they got too far behind early on, and they couldn't catch up against the Texans. But still a lot on the line for them. Uh, the Steelers holding down that, that final wild-card spot, uh, the tiebreaker there as well, but Houston and Tennessee going to play next week. Is this another overthink it? I feel like we just put this next to the Saints every single time, but um, still a lot to play for for New Orleans. Meanie, when was the last time I didn't take the Saints? <laughs> I mean, they've been so good to us all year. I didn't when even was, yeah. worry about And did you notice the spread came down a little bit? It was nine and a half, and you know, I think on Saturday I saw eight in some spots. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. The it, the uh, Really? Against the Colts last week? Yeah. Oh man, no! I was uh, I was nursing a, a pretty mean case of uh, of tonsillitis over the weekend, so I sort of missed out on some of that. Thank you to uh, our colleague Eric Young for stepping in for me on uh, Friday's edition of this show. Uh, back to full strength. I'm playing uh, playing through no pain whatsoever here on this Wednesday, but uh, so, so I missed that. But I mean, that's ridiculous. And yeah. again, like I'm 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 sticking with the Saints. I mean, come on, this team is. I'll say it again. I think they're. I still believe that this is the team that is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, 
you know, Tennessee has been a, what a remarkable performance by this team over the second half of the season. Ryan Tannehill uh, has been excellent to get themselves into playoff contention. Uh, but this is still a team that has some flaws, I think, that are going to keep it from staying with teams like New Orleans on a consistent basis. We saw that on display last week against Houston, and I think it comes to play again here against New Orleans. And this New Orleans team, again, very motivated, a lot to play for. Yes. Uh, with, with Green Bay playing Minnesota uh, in Minnesota on Monday Night Football this week, you know, New Orleans can – I mean, the one seed is still in play for New Orleans, but certainly uh, at least getting themselves a bye and at least getting to uh, play at the Superdome uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs is in play for the Saints. Uh, they need this game, I think, to get that. So I really like the Saints team to go into Tennessee and take care of business. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, just such a force week in, week out. And with what this team can bring defensively, with every passing week, you get uh, you get um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore you know, a week healthier, a week stronger. With what they can bring defensively, I think they have what it takes to slow down Ryan Tannehill, and I don't think that the the Titans are going to be able to win this game on Derrick Henry alone. You know, some of those games that they won, we had Ryan Tannehill throwing 18, 19, 22 passes. I think he's going to have to throw the ball more than that if they're going to play with the Saints' offense, and I don't think that's a recipe for success for Tennessee, even at home. So uh, give me the Saints to win this one, and if they're going to win, I feel pretty good about them winning by more than a field goal. Yeah, for sure. And and Derrick Henry, is he's been a beast, but he's clearly not 100% either. Right, they've, right. They've held him good out point. Through, through some practices. I had the Saints to win the Super Bowl, too. That was my prediction. You, and if they do win, you think Breeze goes out of the top? Nobody talks about... Breeze being a 40-year-old quarterback, they just talk about Brady being 40 and how and and how much longer is he going to play, but I mean comparing the two, I know there's slightly a different age, they're they're at least both 40. It's just still a high number for a quarterback, but watching Breeze Monday night, this guy could play another 3 or 4 years if they win the Super Bowl this year. Do you think he goes out on top? Um I will say Yes. Yes. Total speculation, of course. Of course, it is. But you, you <laughs> would admit I that talked he talked to Drew anytime recently. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, maybe we'll be able to get him uh, when the bye week on the show. Maybe we'll give us some picks for it. Um, but you agree that he could go another year or two? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's not even close. I mean, the dude, the dude looks awesome again this year. Yeah, it's just, he it's does. crazy what he's still able to do. The level that he's still able to play at and I think he's got a, good, a couple more good years in him you know we saw a great 40 year old season out of Tom Brady too and now right the you know we, we're, we're clearly seeing the the slide happen from Tom Brady but you know Breeze has got a few more years to go till he gets to that point uh, so yes could Breeze keep going beyond this year if he wants to absolutely it would be very tempting I think though if he if they end up winning the Super Bowl to uh, ride off into the sunset as his last game yeah, for sure. And he gets that second second Super Bowl would be would be phenomenal. He's already a Hall of Fame quarterback, anyways. Obviously, but oh, just yeah. to get that second one is is I think icing uh, on top of the cake for sure. And plus, he has a guy like Michael Thomas. I mean, that's you know you're comparing Brady and what weapons. You know, it's nice to have a guy like Michael Thomas, as you said. He just is. catches absolutely everything <laughs> that gets thrown his way. All right, another game I'm staying away from. <laughs> we don't have yeah. to spend too much time here on, on Washington and the New York Giants, but some reports this morning that it looks like Daniel Jones is going to be back under center. So Eli got his his farewell. They all saluted him. It was a, a nice moment for, for Eli, and now it's back to, to Daniel Jones. And we have Washington two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Yeah, I mean – picking Washington because they're at home is it that simple or did did Saquon Barkley show enough for you last week that maybe he can just win the game himself pass (laughs) (laughs) fair thank you no No, I get it no thank you right there is no law out there that says we have to bet on every single NFL game that appears on the slate and I mean please there is I mean uh uh you know uh, Pat Shermer and Bill Callahan don't know what's going to happen in this game uh, this is and this is just not a game that I want any part of whatsoever. I'm not going to pretend to have a great read on it one way or the other. Definitely staying away. Forget about this game unless you know you've got Saquon or Terry McLaurin in your fantasy championship. Sure, yeah, and and you you play them obviously, but yeah, um, easy stay away. Forty two is the total. Don't even feel great about that number. Um, with with confidence picking it over, you just you just don't know what to expect with these two teams. The Steelers and the Jets. Pittsburgh three point favorites on the road to take on New York. Um, Pittsburgh because they're still fighting for something. <laughs> Better defense mm-hmm. overall. Are are you buying into the revenge Lev Bell? Like, well, do you do you have a stronger take here on this team on this game? I love the I love the revenge Le'Veon Bell. Uh, <laughs> do you? You know he's going to be balling out. 
he oh, wants man, to at least sure. he's he's the uh he's like the you know revenge narrative it's like something fun to joke about obviously there's no yes. you know there's no nothing that backs it you know nothing you can quantify that says nothing. you know it, it actually exists um it's fun to joke about of course but Le'Veon bell just feels like one of those guys who actually will be more amped up for the revenge factor in this one let me just say we forgot one thing about washington and the giants uh it's the chase young bull right that's right but but then there's reports that he may not even declare for the draft. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, I got. Yeah. I That's got you, Mini. There's there's reports there's reports that I'm uh you know not going to drink any eggnog <laughs> on Christmas. Also, you have to drink eggnog on Christmas. Let's just tell <laughs> that, you that yeah, right now. Even exactly. if you don't like eggnog, you can have one glass of eggnog and spice rum or something. Like, let's be honest, yeah, you have to. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Chase. No, Young, you're probably Chase right. Yeah, he, you're probably right. But I wonder if it has anything to do with maybe potentially being a member of Washington and New York. But I mean, if he sits out, there's a good chance he'll be a member of Washington and New York the hey, following man. year as well. He's gonna be. He's gonna be on a bad team no matter when he decides exactly. to come out. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but anyways, uh, I so the the Steelers and Jets. I don't know, man. So I've, I've told you, I've told you a little bit about uh, that pool that I run, uh, where it's got you got thirty-two teams, right? Thirty-two people. Everyone gets a team, and they have to uh, pick that team's game against the spread every single week. And I've got the Steelers, and they have just been a such a pain in my ass no to pick every single week. Uh, it's like the worst sort of team to have, where they've got a great defense that keeps them in every game, that keeps them competitive, that can carry them to wins against you know bad through solid teams but just no offense and, a, and an offense that can let them down no matter who they're playing against, right? I mean, they just, you know, they, they squeaked Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago, right. and then they come, they bounce back from that with a, with a pretty good win, and then they you know, can't do anything last week against Buffalo. So it's just such a hard team to predict week in and week out, and that's the main reason why I'm staying away from this game, just because I have learned my lesson week after week with this Pittsburgh Steelers team that they're just a very – they're mercurial. You know, they're just a very hard team to know what's going to – all you know about the Steelers is that the defense is going to show up and the game's going to hit the under. And that's really all that you can say with confidence against them. Because of that, I will take the points on the Jets. They're playing at home. But this is not a game that I have really confidence in on either side. Bell seems like the type of guy who looked at the schedule and was like, oh, week 16 against Pittsburgh. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like the Jets will we'll, we'll probably have a chance to make the wild card. Yeah, that's I'm signing with the Jets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Pittsburgh's on the schedule. Let's go. He found Pittsburgh's schedule first. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I like that. I, I like that thought. And then figured out who to sign with. You know, we could both be like eight and six at that point. Could be sort of a play-in game. Yeah. Really stick it to the Steelers. Yeah, it seems like that kind of guy. Um, but, yeah, you make great, great points with Pittsburgh. That's been my problem with them all year is I've had a hard time backing them because of the offense. And the defense is, is obviously off the charts. They're they're phenomenal. But when you rank 30th overall in offense and 31st against the pass or, you know, passing, it's just – and the and the, the run game too. I mean, they're a bottom seven team in terms of just rushing yards uh, per game as well. I mean, they don't even get 100. I know James Conner hasn't played a lot so far this season, and maybe he'll get a little bit more work this week. But, yeah, this is I, – you know what? Honestly, it, I'm probably going to pick Pittsburgh. But I'm not going to have him in my seven. I'm just going to pick the better I, team I, I, fighting yeah. for something with a better defense. I get that. Yeah. I get that completely. But, yeah, it's just a, it's just yeah. such a, a pain of a team to try to handicap every single week. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then there's this one, another one that we don't <laughs> have to spend a whole lot of time on, Miami and Cincinnati. Uh, the Dolphins are favored. And oh, I, I, I slipped up because I meant to come on here and check to see the last time the Dolphins were favored. But I know for sure that they haven't been favored all year. And I don't think they were favored at all once last season either. Uh, they opened up two and a half point favorites against the Bengals. They're now one point favorites. The the over under has jumped from forty five and a half to forty seven. In some spots, it's a pick 'em, which you know probably should be. Um, go ahead, pick 'em. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but uh, this you're is another game I'm holding out as potentially being part of my seven and backing the Dolphins. Okay. I yeah, mean, if I had a way to go, I'd go Miami too. This offense has a pulse, right? Yep, I mean, you yep. can't say it doesn't. With the way Fitz has played, with the way Devontae Parker has broken out this season, uh, you know, they, they can do some things offensively, especially against bad teams. I mean, we've seen it, you know, week in, week out. When they go up against a bad defense, they can they can show up. And, you know, the Giants were able to run away from them last week. Uh, but that was, uh, you know, sort of a, you know, a, a confluence of a bunch of circumstances that resulted in that game turning into a blowout. Uh, didn't really play that way. I've watched a lot of Dolphins this season, believe it or not, because uh, <laughs> on both of my championship-bound 
fantasy teams. Uh, yeah, I know. Pat me on everyone. All you listeners out there, give me a virtual pat on the back. What a cool guy I am. Um, <laughs> both super flex leagues, and both of them have Ryan Fitzpatrick on them. So uh, I've watched a lot of Dolphins this season. And, I mean, they can – they show up against these these defenses because there is some legitimate talent, and you know Fitz is Fitz is not afraid of anything on a football no. field. So, uh, I mean they they can do it, and I think that they can do it against the Cincinnati team. So I actually kind of like them by f- just being favored by just one point. All they got <laughs> to do win is the game. win. Yeah, just yeah. Win the game. I mean, I, I kind of I'm not putting them in there just yet, but I kind of like them. Yeah. I- I kind of feel you. I kind of feel you. Um, Fitzpatrick, don't have any shares. Have some Devontae Parker. Maybe want to give me a little pat on the back, too. Uh, but, hey, <laughs> Parker should probably give Fitzpatrick a pat on the back because this guy Ooh. got him paid, man. Yeah, maybe um, a you got the new nice contract or something. Yes. <laughs> something. Uh, <laughs> is, there, is this overthinking it too much, the fact that the Bengals really want to lose this football game? Like, <laughs> but I know they have safe, one right? win. They, they, They've got a game in hand. Don't they? They, they can do. win this game and still have the first overall pick. They yes, um, but they definitely don't want to win next week. They got Cleveland. Who knows? I mean, they could beat Cleveland, and they don't want to win yeah. again. That may be just overthinking it slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you could see maybe they're up all of a sudden in the fourth quarter. It's like ah, Joe Mixon, take a seat. <laughs> you've you've read <laughs> yeah. real well here over the past month, yeah, six right? weeks, but but yeah. maybe take a seat. That's I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it a little bit. I, I but I I'm with you on on Miami. Um, these two teams a little bit better, Colts and Panthers. Although the Colts haven't looked all that good lately, but Beller, they're they're seven point favorites here. Um, too much. Uh, here, do you know by any chance how many games that the Colts have played? Not won or lost, just how many games they've played that have been decided by more than one score this season? Uh, off the top of my head, probably just last week. <laughs> uh, last week was the third actually of the okay. season, and okay. all those have happened in the last five weeks. Two of those they've lost. Um, last week to the Saints, and then two weeks before that. To the Titans. Uh, so th- all that adds up to say that the Colts have covered a seven-point spread one time this season. It was at home against the lowly Jaguars when the Jaguars pretty much hit their nadir of the season. Uh, now they're supposed to beat the Panthers by a touchdown because Will Greer is taking over as the quarterback. Who I mean, may be better team. than Kyle Allen. Who too, may be way. better than Kyle Allen. Certainly, like, we, we shouldn't expect him to be worse than Kyle Allen, should right. we? No. Why, is this, why is this a touchdown spread? With T.Y. Hilton clearly not at 100%, with Marlon Mack clearly not at 100%, why is this Why is this a touchdown? Uh, the Panthers were an easy pick for me. I mean, go over every single game that the uh, that the Colts have played this season. I mean, they're all you know the decided by seven points or fewer. Almost every single one, except for two times that they got blown out, and one time that they beat a really bad Jaguars team who played a terrible game that week as well. Uh, in Nick Foles' first game back, from the uh, from the collarbone injury too, so suddenly we're supposed to believe that the Colts are going to win this by t- no way, yeah, no fishy. way. Give me the Panthers a ton of confidence. I'm locking that one in right now. I may even just pick them on the money line because I think that they can win this football game. And and you're you're just talking about recently with just the blowouts. It's just this team that has the injuries have just caught up to them. It's mm-hmm. just it's mm-hmm. been too exactly. much. Yeah, we were we were giving them credit like, oh great, Frank Reich, they're finding a way to win football games and staying in this. But they've lost four straight. They've lost six of seven. They just those two blowouts that you mentioned have just come recently. And I'm not sold that T. Y. Hilton is going to be you know playing 100 percent of the snaps in a full go. And and Marlon Mack has a great matchup, but he hasn't looked good over the past couple weeks either. I'm with you. I actually think Carolina. It's like if I had to pick one upset. This one would be it. Um, I think Carolina would be it. Baltimore and Cleveland. Obviously, I'm not going to go down that road with Cleveland here. I th- <laughs> Come it's, on, it's, you have to. <laughs> no, I don't. When <laughs> I, I start hearing things of all the players saying, come get me, I, I don't know how true that is. But, I mean, if it's Jarvis Landry who last year at the start of the season had that big speech on hard knocks, he fired everybody up, he was getting everyone going, and now he's telling Arizona to come get me? Like, ugh, man. I said this before, and I stole it from from somebody on another show. It slipped my mind. The the most immature team in the league led by the most immature coach in the league, and it's clearly showing right now in Cleveland. So it's a lot of points, but I think Baltimore does go into Cleveland and, and they win by 10 points. I don't know if I'm going to have them in, but you can't you can't side with Cleveland. You can't actually put money on the Browns mm-hmm. at this point. This is a... 
no, I, I totally agree with you. And uh, yeah, the Baltimore is another one of those teams. I have, I have six of my seven locked in. Not locked in, but I've got six out of seven written down. Some of them I might end up changing. Obviously, I've mentioned a few teams that maybe are going to be that seventh. Baltimore's in that conversation as well. Uh, you know, when we do this on Wednesdays, any sort of big spread, if I don't, if it doesn't grab me right away, I'm just going to breeze right past it. Um, but I mean, this this has all the feelings of a of a business trip for Baltimore, right? They go into Cleveland, yeah. a team they are far superior that to a team that actually beat them in Baltimore earlier this season. So there's a little bit of a, of a revenge factor. You've got, as you said, I think appropriately, the most immature team in the league on one side of the ball. Meanwhile, you have one of the most smart, disciplined, well-coached teams on the other side having a ton of fun, a team that is clearly banded together, banded around Lamar Jackson and the, uh, the chance that they took and the way that they built this team. Uh, and all at stake this week is the opportunity to lock up the number one overall seed in the AFC and maybe take a little bit of a rest in Week 17. I think that they're going to do that. This is a team that's just going to go in, steely-eyed, take care of business, get it done, beat the Ra- beat the, uh, the, the the Browns by you know 17 points, get out of uh, Cleveland and uh, celebrate uh, Christmas with uh, the number one overall seed in the AFC locked up. Exactly. Number one overall seed with the win. They've won 10 straight games, as you mentioned, is a great point. You just... You take care of business this week, and then you can rest some guys week 17. Uh, so, uh, yeah, absolutely with you there for sure. The Sunday late games, you got Broncos and Lions. Denver favored by seven points. It was a it was a rough game for Drew Locke last week in Kansas City. It was a it was a snowball game. There was lots of snow. It was it was a struggle for him, and I had given him some props the, the couple weeks prior that he had looked pretty good. Uh, seven points does seem like a lot for me to, to back Denver, but – they have shown us a little bit more than than Detroit recently. Like Denver's still a tough place to play. They still have a pretty decent defense. Detroit lost a couple weeks ago in Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenny Galladay could probably just get shut out here by Chris Harris Jr. And there, there's been no run game at all in Detroit. So I don't know. Beller seven does seem like a lot, uh, but I will lean with the Broncos to win by a touchdown at home. Yeah, I lean the Broncos too, but definitely not a team that I like giving up a touchdown on so this is an easy stay away from me I do think that I think that Denver's defense can totally control this game yeah I mean don't you right I mean we're talking about David Blau and Wes Hills right in the backfield for for Detroit I mean no Marvin Jones I mean Kenny Galladay's looking around like geez this Uh, is not what I remember he's he's uh he's you know Will Smith at the in the last episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air looking around (laughs) looking around hands in his pockets (laughs) wondering where everyone went uh this is just I, I think Denver's defense could totally control this game I mean you know it's been crazy this year Meanie and this is you know I I could just be recency bias influenced but it doesn't it feel like this year has had more obvious unders that have come through than any in recent memory yeah because there's been a lot of I think I think because there's been a lot of teams like Pittsburgh and Buffalo Denver could one of those teams the offense is not great but the defense is so mm -hmm. dominant it's the quarterback injuries, maybe, that are driving it. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Right? I mean, with, with Roethlisberger and Cam and you know Denver just having a bad quarterback situation to begin with uh, at the start of the season, there's been a few very odd uh, – Buffalo being the way that they're built, New England being the way that they're built. There's just been a few very obvious under teams that have been able to – uh, stay that way and be that way all season long, and this has got another look of uh, of an obvious. One. Like if we could pick, if we could uh, include over unders, then under thirty eight and a half on Broncos Lions would be one of my seven. Yeah, there's a couple here, like even Jets Steelers. I know that's a low number, thirty eight and a half, and sometimes sometimes people shy away from that. I mean, Bills Patriots thirty eight. There's a couple here that are right around that thirty eight mark that I feel better about the under than the over. And your Bears are another team like that too, right? They they kind of play. Yeah. Uh, I know Trubisky's been a little bit better lately. Uh, Jay called him Troops, give him the nickname Troops. Um, oh wow! Yeah, he was all fired up about Troops and just like <laughs> Troops, oh, Troops, Troops. I liked it. I liked like a it. Troubadour, Mitch Troubadour, Trubisky, <laughs> Trubisky, Trubisky could sing, sing us a song and throw an interception all at the same time. Uh, we'll get to that game in a little bit. Uh, Matt Nagy going up against the former squad. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Maybe it is the quarterback play, but I feel like there's been mm-hmm. a few teams that are just, they've been so dominant defensively and they haven't given, they haven't shown us a whole lot offensively and they're just squeezing out wins. But yeah, so 38 may seem like a low number guys, but I'm with you. I, I would back you on, on the under there for sure. Chargers and Raiders. Um, this is another one. You just, I, I really just don't know what to expect. And I see on the dock that you have a, you have a feel at least with Oakland. 
Yeah, they're the, uh, so I, as I mentioned, I've got six teams that I've at least written down as ones I'm backing. They're the sixth of six, Oakland. Um, just just feels like too many points. Uh, this Chargers team has been up and down all season. They've, you know, ridden a roller coaster, and obviously they've gotten plenty of talent on offense, but with the way Phillip Rivers is playing, this is a lot of points for them to be laying against almost anyone. So uh, I think that Oakland has enough firepower offensively to keep this game close, to keep it within a touchdown. I think the Chargers win the game, uh, but uh, I, I just feel like that's a lot of, of uh, respect to give to a Chargers team that quite simply hasn't earned it this season. So I do like the Raiders. I could come off it as, uh, as we've said, there are some games that I do like here that I haven't locked in just yet, but, uh, I mean, doesn't it feel like too many points to use six and yeah, a half? It does, I mean, what yeah, have the Chargers done to be giving up a touchdown to anyone? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, you're right. Nothing. They, they've been blown out a, a bunch so far this season. Even in some spots where they've actually been favored, they, they haven't won the football game. And you know what? Even going back to a few years, like these two teams, rivals, like they, they play each other pretty tight. And even no matter where they are in the standings at the point of the season. And you, again, maybe overthinking it a little bit in the back of my head, but at some point I feel like, and maybe it's gone on too long that Rivers will just play out the rest of the season, but <laughs> a couple more picks or or any just – he's just looked so bad this year, Beller, that I feel like maybe mm-hmm. it's just the way he's gone out. It's just – it's it's been tough to watch. So yeah. it's 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 really hard to, to back them by a touchdown. I agree with you. He looks like Rex Grossman this year. Oh, Grossman. Uh, <laughs> he does look gross. With these, sure. just like with these with these – Interceptions that are just like is he done? Downfield. Is he absolutely done? I think so. Like he, he can't I've, bring lo- it back. I've loved Philip Rivers, but I Me mean, too. yeah, like, I mean, the the play this this season speaks for itself. And this is and not a team that is devoid of talent around him. Either. No, that's a thing. Like they have a lot of offensive weapons yeah. around yeah. him. So it's yeah, the char the Chargers definitely have been one of the most disappointing teams. Yeah, you could put them season. in that in that group for put sure. Them Way more disappointing than when you tried to pretend the Jaguars were one of the two most. <laughs> <laughs> man, I thought they were going to fight for the division, man. I thought it was completely up for grabs. Uh, whatever. Leave me alone. Uh, Dallas and Philly. I see you're picking the Eagles. Three I'm points. Not. Even, three even points. Teams, even points. Three teams. Are they even three. teams? I think they're pretty even teams. You don't? No. Not at all. Three. I'll take the I'll take the three points at home. I'll take the three points at home on these two for sure. Okay. I feel pretty good about that. I feel pretty good about what we've seen. And, you know, they played three bad teams in a row, right? Uh, the, the Eagles, they've played. can't remember the exact order, but it's been uh, Miami, uh, Giants, Miami Washington. Giants, yeah. and Washington, their last three games. Um, but, I, I, you know, they've, the offense has come to life. And Miles Sanders, man, we've been talking about it all season. And yeah, nice uh, he looks awesome. I mean, he, is, he has been a missing element that this team has desperately needed. And he has looked great. So uh, with these two teams, uh, again, I'm getting three points at home. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not with you there. Dak, uh, Dak has lit up the Eagles now for the last three games, and he's got that hand just, thing though. He does have that hand thing, so that is something to certainly keep an eye on. There's some reports this morning that he expects to play, but he's not practicing, not throwing. Is it a? Ha- it's a hand thing and a shoulder thing, I believe. Uh, Sound like uh, like uh, Jake Taylor in Major League Two. Yeah, right? a neck thing, <laughs> or an ankle thing, or a shoulder <laughs> yeah. thing. Who used heart attack? <laughs> yeah, I just honestly think that Dallas is the better football team here. I think the Eagles have they've Luba. squeaked by against two mediocre football teams over the past couple weeks, and Carson Wentz has he's actually had to be perfect. Fifteen for yeah. fifteen in the fourth quarter and in overtime over the last two weeks with the game on the line last week. Greg Ward and Boston Scott, both of the team high seven grabs. Are you kidding me? Like this is this they're going up a, a, against a tougher opponent. Amari Cooper in three games in three games against the Eagles has twenty one catches, three hundred ninety eight yards. They have no they've had no answer for him, and I know he's not one hundred percent. But you got Gallup on the other side, and you got you know Woods in or. Um, Jeez, uh, uh, Randall Cobb in the slot, Ezekiel Elliott. There's just Dallas is a, is a lot healthier right now. Don't even know if, if Ronald Darby is going to play. Lane Johnson, their best right tackle, is still out. So I, yeah, I'm impressed that they a little bit that they beat Washington and the Giants, but they just squeezed by those two teams. So I, I'm going to go the other way. And usually we're on the same page here, but um, I'm locking in Dallas with confidence. I think that they Ooh, win this football okay. game. I think they win it by like a touchdown. So I, I think that they they have their way with Philadelphia. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me say something really quick. Yeah, uh, go for I, it. I, I'm, I'm very embarrassed. That was Lou Brown who you know who had all those lines in Major League Two, not Jake Taylor. Uh, okay, well, that's why Jake took over as the manager because Lou had the heart attack. There you go. That's right. You, you, <laughs> you're back on track now. There we go. Phew. Um, 
be feeling better. <laughs> I am. What I'm, about what about the Cardinals against the Seahawks? It's a lot of points, nine and a half. Is I it? mean, that's that's a lot of points. I, that's the direction I would go. Um, but uh, but I'm I'm not comfortable doing that. Uh, not with. Uh, I mean, I, I just think that Russell Wilson can totally have his way with this uh, with this Arizona defense, and and they played pretty early in the season, so we don't want to put too much stock into that. Patrick Peterson was uh, still on his suspension uh, the first time these two teams played, but. Seattle won 27-10. That was in Arizona. They totally controlled Kyler Murray. They uh, were able to do uh, basically whatever they wanted offensively. And that latter part, basically whatever they wanted to do offensively, wouldn't surprise me if that were the case again this week. So um, I just have a lot of trouble uh, back uh, fading Russell Wilson um, in a game at home where his team is clearly the better team. So an easy stay away for me. Uh, because I do think Arizona's got enough offense to uh, to keep this one close against a Seattle defense that, you know, is really probably no better than league average, maybe even a little bit worse than that. But uh, just one uh, a game I don't want to get involved with. Out of all the teams in the NFC that are just right there, I mean, Seattle 11-3, San Fran 11-3, Saints 11-3, Packers 11-3, is Seattle the one that you like the least out of those mm. four? Or is it the Packers? It might be the Packers. Might be the Packers? It's those two. I would say, but that, that's more a reflection of me liking. That's more liking New Orleans and San Francisco a lot, more. A lot rather yeah. than disliking Green Bay or Seattle. Yeah, those those other teams like the Saints. Yeah, the Saints and the Niners are more complete. You're you're more right. Complete, the, exactly. Yeah, the defense is a little. It's maybe slightly above average in Seattle, and then of course you have Russell Wilson, who has been hit or miss over the past few weeks. But it's still Russell Wilson at any point. You know, even in a playoff game, I don't know if you would even doubt him. But yeah, I'm with you. It's a lot of points. Uh, I probably will back Seattle. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just just to win the game at home by ten. Sure, it does seem it's a like lot of a, points. It does. I mean, we're going to be opposite yeah. on that. I'm going to back. I'm going to back Arizona. Um, but I just Arizona. don't think I can play it into my seven. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, points, man. Yeah, it is a lot of points. Slight sidebar: Who is the who has the most carries in Arizona's backfield next year? Like, is it Drake? Is it DJ? <laughs> like, it's 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 intriguing, is it, isn't it? Is, is it Kyler? Is it, it's probably Kyler. That's the safest bet, is it not, Kyler? It is it, the safest it, it, bet. He's definitely, I mean, he's definitely the safest bet. That's for sure. It, uh, realistically, it's not going to be him. It's gonna it's gonna be Drake. It'll be Drake. Yeah, it's going to be David Drake. Johnson's not going to be on the team. I don't think so either. And I got in that argument on the throwback with Jake, but he's like, oh, they just have too much money tied into him. He's going to be. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be there. And then there's Chase Edmonds, who I think is pretty good as well. So interesting backfield. If you're in a dynasty league, that's something that uh, we will dive into on the throwback over the next couple of weeks. I think there's a buy low opportunity for at least one of those guys in that backfield to get off track here a little bit. So let's get back on track with the Sunday night football game: Chiefs and Bears. KC favored by five and a half in Chicago. Uh, has troops showed you enough to keep this game tight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, credit where credit's due. I have dogged this guy across our entire suite of podcasts all season, and he has certainly looked better uh, over the last five weeks. Now, got to caveat that by saying two of those games were against Detroit. One of those games is against a Dallas team that uh, you know is not really anything special uh, defensively. So uh, you know, it's not like he's gone up against a murderer's row of opponents in that stretch. But all you can do is uh, you know play the deck that's dealt to you and uh, play the cards that are dealt to you and and. Uh, beat the team that is opposite you that day, and Trubisky has certainly uh, looked better. Now, having said all of that, I, I, how do the Bears stay with the Chiefs? How is this possible? I mean, it's, they're going to have to do it entirely on the defensive side of the ball, and I just don't think that they can do that. I mean, the Bears' defense has been good this season. It, it really has been a good real-life defense. Um, I, I've been vindicated. I've been proven right in the arguments I got in this summer saying that the Bears' defense could be just as good this year as it was last year and not come anywhere near what it was statistically because the turnover numbers are just almost impossible to uh, to duplicate, and that has been proven true. They have 16 takeaways this season after having like 40 or whatever they had last year. Um but they've still been a good defense. I just don't think it's a defense that's going to really give Patrick Mahomes all that much trouble. And the worst thing for the Bears uh, is a great thing for me, because since I live in Chicago, but very bad for the Bears. Uh, we're we're going to have like 40 degrees, like mid 40 degrees over the weekend, uh, which you know should not be the case uh, as we get into the third week of December. But right. it's going to be pretty nice in Chicago uh, for uh, for late or third week of December, and that is great. Uh, for the Chiefs, uh, so yeah, that's something that the Bears could have had working in their favor. Really, any defense could have working in their favor against a high-powered offense like Kansas City, but the Bears aren't going to have that on their side this week. Uh, you know, this is this is the don't overthink it play of the week here. I Meaning, Kansas City just 
obviously, clearly uh, the better team, a team that has still got a lot on the line over the next couple of weeks. They could get their way uh, into a bye by winning these last two games. So uh, give me the Chiefs. I'm not going to think about this one too hard. Uh, they're going to win this one by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I'm with you. I already locked them in yesterday. They were four-point favorites yesterday. They're now six. I think that number is going to continue just to climb slightly. I could see it up to maybe six and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe tell me talk here Friday. It could even be a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, five you know, and a more- half. What's that? Yeah, sorry. One more thing is that uh, you know the 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 Steve Spagnolo has really been dialing up a lot of pressure for Kansas City uh, over the last few weeks, and the Bears' yeah. offensive line has not been good. And you can really rattle Trubisky by getting to him. He's not a guy who uh, he's he's got escapability, but he's not a guy who uses that escapability quite as functionally as you would like to see. So I do think that uh, the Chiefs could really make things tough on the Bears' offense uh, if they keep that pressure ramped up this weekend. Yeah, 21 sacks uh, for KC. That was a stretch. I think where they they slightly – it was right around the midpoint, I think you're probably alluding to over the past few weeks, they've dialed up some pressure. I think it was week seven against Denver. They had that big sack game, and then they they went on a stretch where they had 21 sacks over five games. So their defense has been a lot better. If if Montgomery had shown me something and he was a little bit better, I think – think you know you lean on the that's how you beat KC that's been the recipe for some teams at least over the past few weeks and dating back to last year you run the football you have some success on the ground you keep Mahomes off the field but they're just there hasn't been that just hasn't been there with Chicago the run game really just hasn't hasn't been there so disappointing like Montgomery will you be on in him uh, in on him next year Beller no absolutely no not. absolutely not right um okay. as, as currently constructed no um, maybe you know, the Bears change something where he's clearly uh, in a uh, like a total lead dog role in that offense. But uh, as but how long, can you, you feel know, Tari- confident that that would happen? Tariq Cohn's, right? yeah. Tari- and Tariq Cohn's not going anywhere, and Tariq exactly. Cohn's still going to be the better receiver, the more explosive player. Uh, so absolutely no. And uh, we we conducted an early twenty. Did you take him? I did take him. I think in the fifth yeah, round. He, yeah, so you're in on you're in on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I, I will take a <laughs> shot at him in the fifth round. I yeah. think you know the price is a little bit. Bit, so uh, I think that I, I do, I, I'm with you. I think that's a fair price. I'm just not going to – he's not going to be like a top 45, 50 pick to me. Yeah, okay. I think it was a fifth round. I think he was my third back. But, again, yeah. if you have a subscription at The Athletic, you'll be able to read all about that <laughs> over the next couple of days. The final game, Monday night, Vikings and Packers, a lot to play for here. We have Minnesota oh, at yeah. home, uh, favored by five. Honestly, I was a little bit surprised that you had locked them in. I thought maybe you would stay away from this game and that it was slightly too many points, but obviously you're feeling pretty good about Minnesota and the and the fact that Dalvin Cook, um, the injury, whether he's going to play or not, is is not a deciding factor for you. Yeah, surprised myself too. This was a game that, as I was putting all of these lines in our sheet, I just you know I just assumed, all right, not going to be picking that game. And then I started doing my research, and I just think Minnesota's better. I just think they're the better team, even I without Dalvin Cook too. playing at home. I mean, you know, to to I mean, you know, the odds makers knew that this was no Dalvin Cook, and so to open this game at four and a half like that, I mean, that's a lot of respect for Minnesota. And it also tells you that they felt that they had to put this number up pretty high uh, to open it at to get you know, enough money coming in on Green Bay. So that, for me, made me feel even better about Minnesota then. Still a little too early to really read into the money, but we've got a decent amount of of, uh, of money coming in on Minnesota, and we're seeing the line move in that direction. So all this adds up, uh, you know, conspires to, to make me think that, you know, my eyes are not deceiving me and that Minnesota's just the better team. Now, I, I really wonder how much there's actually going to be to play for in this game because uh, if the Rams lose to the 49ers on Saturday, that's it. Minnesota's got their playoff berth locked up. And then Green Bay has the tiebreaker. They've got a game in hand on Minnesota, and they play Detroit in Week 17. So even if Minnesota wins this game, Green Bay almost certainly is going to win the NFC North. So maybe what's really at stake most for Minnesota in this one is getting themselves up to a five seed and getting to play the NFC East winner in the first round rather than having to play whoever's left over between NFC West winner uh, Green Bay and New Orleans as the three seed. I think that's really where if you're a Minnesota fan, like that's what you're thinking about the most in this game, because realistically, you can't think Green Bay is going to lose to Detroit in week 17 with the division on the line. So that's what's most at stake to me in this one. But, you know, thinking about it as from a betting standpoint, Minnesota's just better, man. And like, like maybe they push Madison in this one with his ankle. Maybe they don't. But I think Mike Boone can be. I mean, Mike Boone is not Delvin Cook. Mike Boone is not Alexander Madison. But Mike Boone, uh, I think he showed us last week, he's not a scrub either. And this team is 
structurally sound, right? This is not a team that, you know, like Detroit, right? They go from Carrion Johnson to Bo Scarborough. And right. there's a noticeable downgrade because Scarborough's not the player that Carrion uh, Johnson is, and there's no infrastructure to lift him up. Mike Boone's not the player that Delvin Cook is, but Minnesota has an infrastructure that can lift him up and have him play at you know, maybe 75 or 80% of what you would expect out of Dalvin Cook. The explosion's not going to be there. The home run ability's not going to be there. But the like consistent four and a half yards per carry, I think that could be there from Mike Boone, especially against a Green Bay team that has struggled against the run this season. So put it all together. Minnesota's the better team. They're playing at home. They play awesome uh, at the at. Uh, yeah, I always forget, like you know, with the Mercedes Benz or whatever. I just I keep wanting to call it the Metrodome, even though it's not the Metrodome. Uh, the Death Star, I guess, uh, right, is what it's called yeah. colloquially. Well, uh, I right, got the Rise of Skywalker coming out this week. Uh, so uh, put those two things together. I think uh, more <laughs> success in the Death Star for Minnesota than the uh, than the Dark Side had. I love the cold clap. I love the clap when everyone just gets fired up, and just starts clapping. Um, yeah, you feel me? No, I do. I do. I was actually I do. doing the clap. I don't know if you were doing it from home, but I was doing it. I couldn't it was, hear it. Um, yeah, I was. It was slightly, so it was half assed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think the deciding factor is. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has had. When you look at the touchdowns, the twenty-four touchdowns and two picks, it's phenomenal. I mean, last year's same twenty-five and two. That's great. Uh, like yards per attempt, yards per game, like two forty-seven yards per game. I mean, that's that's nowhere near the the old Aaron Rodgers, and he's actually struggled. In Minnesota, I mean, you go back, I, I have the last few games here. Last year, 17 for 28, 198 and a touchdown. Uh, two years ago, he, he got knocked out of that game early. He suffered the, the shoulder injury, so we won't count that one. But the, the year before that, 20 for 36, 213 and one touchdown. The year before that, 16 for 34, 212. The year before that, so I'm really going back here like five years, 19 for 29, 209. Like Minnesota has, I don't know, a lot has changed since five years ago, but he's this isn't an environment where he just goes in and he, and he's, and he slings it and has a lot of success. So it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough place to play for one. It's been a tough place for Aaron Rodgers to play, and I just don't like his weapons I mean apart from Devontae Adams there's just really nothing mm-hmm. to get all that excited about and that's the reason why Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are having career years in terms of just catching balls out of the backfield but they're also a tough team to run on Minnesota too so I, I am with you I feel like that number is just slightly high I do feel like it will be a field goal game maybe I'm just overthinking the fact that it's that there's just so much on the line but you laid it out perfectly in just terms of just what could potentially happen and what this game could mean um, with what happens to you know the rest of the week on on Sunday so I'm not going to lock them in uh, but with you I'm not as confident but I do think that they're the better football team on both sides I think mm-hmm. they're the better football team and Adam Thielen like he didn't do a whole lot last week but he at least looked healthy and, and I, he's that's a big part of that weapon on that offense for sure so I'll let you go and uh, recap the seven um, so go ahead all right here yeah. we go uh, I feel totally 100% no doubt about it about three that I'm keeping. New Orleans, Kansas City, Carolina. Those three are going to be in for sure. I'm at about 90% for sure on Minnesota. They're going to be in, I will say, about about 90% as we've talked through every single game. I've gotten myself there on Baltimore. Business trip. Go to Cleveland. Take care of business. Rest week 17. Uh, The last two, and those are the two, uh, I'm going to put them in there for now, but I've got some other teams uh, potentially going to make their way in are going to be Philadelphia and Oakland. So New Orleans, Kansas City, Carolina, Minnesota, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Oakland, that's my seven. Okay. All right. Giddy up. I got the Saints as well. I also have Carolina. I agree with you 100%. Baltimore is already on it, but, man, you fired me up with a business trip. I like it. (laughs) So Baltimore is in there as well. Um, So here's the seven, and I'm probably going to keep them all in, to be honest. The last one I may change. So Buffalo, the Saints, Carolina, Baltimore, Dallas, KC, and then Houston. I am locking in Houston right now to win by a field goal. A lot on the line for them. I know Tampa's been a lot better, but you know as we talked about, Evans and Godwin not playing in there. I think maybe the offense may take a slight step back this week, as good as Jameis has been over the past few weeks, uh, winners of four in a row. So I will take the Texans. Do you want to guess on the top NFL public bet? I know it's only early. Top NFL public bet, um, San Francisco. They're number four. KC, 92%. Mm. Baltimore, two at 88%. Houston, 382. San Fran, four. Dallas, five. Broncos, six. Saints, seven. Steelers, eight. Chargers, nine. Wow. Oh, God. And then (laughs) 10. Panthers. Yeah, it's only early. Just something I always like to bring up in the show. We'll talk about it again on Friday. So um, anything else on the way out? 
Um, let's ride, man. This is our last week doing best on the board for the regular season. This is our last week with 16 games at our disposal. I'm very excited for the playoffs. I love NFL playoff gambling. I love it. I love that we get you know a couple games Saturday, a couple games Sunday, games we can really sink our teeth into and focus on just uh, you know those those four games for a weekend. But the, you know this is fun. Uh, we love NFL for a reason, and uh, we love having these jam packed weekends. And this is the last one we're going to get like this uh, with us taking Week 17 off. So. Uh, Let's just have a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk to you again on Friday. Oh, man, what a nice co-host. Yeah, you said it uh, You said it perfectly. And I noticed you didn't have Miami in there. Maybe we'll get a little bit nuts on Friday. They're, Maybe they're, we'll they're in the brain. They're not on the sheet, but they're in the <laughs> they're brain in the for brain. sure. <laughs> they're in the brain for sure. Well said, my friend. All right, uh, give Michael a follow on Twitter at mbeller, myself at Chris. Any questions you guys have, please don't, don't hesitate. You can ask us anytime, any questions. And we will be back on Friday. Theathletic.com slash best on the board will give you elite status for that episode on Friday where we will lock in all of our picks and we'll go through some latest injury news and notes so uh, i can't say enjoy the football on thursday just enjoy the the week off the prep that is week 16 of the nfl season we'll talk on friday cheers